Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us from 6th and Peabody. It is OutKick 360. Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. 6th and Peabody location of Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine and the largest shoe we've ever had on set is the man Charles Haley, Pro Football Hall of Famer in Nashville for the Hall of Fame Family Recovery Fund, the official nonprofit of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And there's a Hall of Fame health charity dinner and concert tonight in Music City uh, that will help raise money for all of the financial help that this great fund recovery is doing. Fundrecovery.org for more information on how you can help no matter where you're watching or listening this afternoon. Uh, but a fun event tonight, uh, which we've been mentioning over the last couple of weeks with plenty of special guests, Charles Haley being one of them. There's a who's who of Hall of Famers and those connected to the Hall out here at 6th and Peabody uh, waiting to join us on site. But Charles walked in and said, I'm going first. And I said, yes, sir. No problem. <laughs> Charles, welcome. Welcome to Nashville. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. I think this is the first time I've been here. First time ever. Yeah. And look, I, I'm, I'm with three handsome young men. <laughs> hey, you man. know I lied to, right? Kind. Yeah. You're well, too kind, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll find out if it's a lie or truth. We'll ask Lauren later whether yeah. that was yeah. a lie or yeah. a truth. Um, a cool event tonight. You and I will be checking out this event for the first time ever. I've heard great things, but you said, hey, they're always going to tell you that the event, the, the space is nice. <laughs> you believe it when you okay, see it. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm, I'm a see it, believe type guy. Hey, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame is doing some really cool things. And this is one of them, the outreach with the nonprofit here for guys that are in a situation where their family, they have siblings, themselves. If they're looking for mental health uh, help or if they're looking for funds to help them in any type of recovery, it's cool to see this outreach. Um, yes, it is. You know, um, the reason why I'm here because I'm bipolar. And, um, you know, when I play... Um, I was dealing with a lot of different issues, and most of it was just pain from uh, growing up, didn't know how to deal with the pain. And then when I did deal with it, it was, um, came out a whole different way. So I wish something like this was around when I was playing so that um, my family could have recovered quicker. Um, they still won't um, talk to people about my mental illness or say that I have a mental illness and and they they think about it as, as a stigma and you know it me it's something that I live through you know and I live through it every day you know I have it you know and um I take my medication but um the strength this true strength comes from is just having a voice just saying it out loud and giving it away I give that pain away every time I talk about it. And you know, and I try to get others to realize that they open up and just talk, communicate, just say, hey, you know what? 
I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I need help. When's the first time you, you talked about it? When did you actually decide you wanted to? Um, I went to, I, I was, um, I went to um, a rehab center, um, drug and alcohol, re, um, adult diagnosed center. And I, I went there, thought that, you know, I was dealing with a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction. And um, within a week, um, they, got, they got my medication correct. I realized I was just medicating to deal with the pain. And um, I got a chance to stay there and um, deal with some of those issues. And, you know, I got counseling afterwards. And um, alcohol and drugs, you know, that's, that, was, that was what I did to medicate. That, I do not have an addiction. But I did have an addiction when I was going through that pain because I wanted to cover it up. I didn't want, I didn't have friends because I didn't want people to get close enough to me to realize what I was going through. How do, you, how do you think being bipolar, not having friends, how did that affect your career in the locker room and all of that? Would you have been an even better player, you think, if, if you had been diagnosed, if you had had help while you were, were a player? Well, you know, um, um, you know, I got pissed off at Ronnie the other day because um, he, he, um, they kind of knew there was something going on, but he never said anything. And I, I, I loved him more than a brother, and um, and he never used his voice to to empower me and say, Charles, you know what, what they're saying might have some validity, and um, and but now we we go on radio, we talk about it, and every time he talks about it, he tells me something new that I I didn't even know, and um, but you know I love him to death, I think. Everybody was afraid that they didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know uh, whether giving me medicine would take the edge off because we are taught to be warriors. Mm-hmm. And then how in the hell that covers that mass uh, bipolar, me, me, me going out and playing, you know, being violent, that, that mass, what I was going through in the pain. Well, and, it's certainly changed over time with how we can talk about it and people can deal with it. And maybe teammates or coaches would have known something was up quicker and, and been more open to tell you something. Do you what think has that, changed? What has changed? Well, I'm, when I'm, I say it's changed, it's changed that you're here now talking about it. And when you open the show by saying I'm bipolar, that probably wasn't the case. Even if you were first told that I'm assuming, right. When you were told yeah, that, yeah, yeah, how much but, does that help you to say it? But you know, you said now, there's no, there's nothing that the NFL is doing to really impact these kids' lives. Now, I impact that life because when I go over to the Cowboys or the 49ers and I see people acting like me, I grab their ass and take them over to the counselor. So now the counselors are just like family now because you know you have to um, you have to engage, take the stigma away, and make that make the counselor just part of every day, just like the um, like the, um, the the artwork in the building, you know, there's no difference in it. And um, um, we we didn't have that kind of support. Um, and but for me, um, like I said, I it does me no good to hold in what I've been through. I might a few words that come out of my mouth, somebody can hear. You know, the, the thing that people don't understand is. 
when I was going through my illness, I only heard bits and pieces of what people talked about. And most of that was the negative part. So now when I talk to people and I tell people when they talk to me, sometimes stop and say, what did I say? And then, you know, sometimes you're going like, wait a minute, I ain't say none of that. Um, and, and you realize that um, you have to bring the focus back to what you're talking about. And, um, and we, get, we get enamored with words instead of just realizing that when you're dealing with this, um, um, you just, all you hear is criticism. You don't hear help. Yeah. And that's the key. You still think it's, I don't want to put words in your mouth. It sounds like you think the league would still like somebody in a situation similar to yours to be able to use the violent element of that to their benefit ahead of maybe tr- treating it or, or figuring out or offering resources. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put words in the commissioner's mouth, but you know, actions speak louder than words. They, what they have done is for show is they put, um, clinicians in the building and, um, you know, but what the hell are they there for? Cause nobody goes see them. And, um, so, um, you, you, you know, uh, just doing stuff for PR is not really helping it. And anyway, guys, players, police players. So when players open up, Dak Prescott opened up about what he was going through. So now it makes it easy for other guys to come. When I go in every year and talk to players, um, they want to come tell me about that cousin going through this and uncle. You know, they talk about themselves, but, you know, they, they put it on other people. So that stigma is still there and people are afraid of it. And they think that um, they be called crazy. You know, my kids, you know, when I try to correct them, they tell me I need to get on my medication or go see my counselor, you know, because I'm saying something they don't want to hear. But and that hurts. So um, you you have you have y'all have to look at both sides of the picture. There, you know, you could get you can get help, but then um, people take that and and use it against you sometimes. Well, and you mentioned the word Charles, afraid. You know, guys are afraid to to say something or admit something about themselves. Um, I, I'll I'll ask you this: Do you think that you made teammates afraid? Do you think people? And it sounds weird in a locker room full of great athletes and big guys and alphas. Do you? Did you see fear in your teammates when you were going through what you were going through to maybe they were afraid to confront you with it and say something might be going on? Well, um, you know, my secret was there can only be one. There can only be one alpha male, and that was me. And um, so um, I, 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 didn't, I didn't put up with much. And I told you I didn't care about friends and relationships. So, hey, I had nothing to lose. And guys, guys didn't understand I, me. I tried to, um, I tried to, you know, I break them down to build them stronger. You know, I spend the time. You know, I, I may not tell them I love them, but I, I spend the time. And I don't care about the word love, because respect is the greatest form of love you can ever get. And um, and that's the only thing I, I, I cherish. Um, I just think that. As long as society is, we get one person go out and do something, and you know he's he's crazy. So then millions of people go back in the in, back in the cover, 
afraid to come out because of the stigma. And we can't, because somebody does something wrong, we cannot say they have a mental illness. You know, they can't hide. I know right from wrong. Just because I got a mental illness, that doesn't change the fact that I know right from wrong. And, and whether I act upon that, that's something else. Charles Haley, our guest, uh, first player in the league to win five Super Bowls. Uh, I am. Are you, are you bringing, do you have the rings with you on this trip? I got ring around the collar. That's about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Do you so, wear the so gold? I got six. I got seven now. I got a Hall of Fame ring, ring around the collar, and five Super Bowl rings. Do you wear the gold jacket, the Hall of Fame jacket, anywhere but Canton? If you um, roll up wearing the gold jacket tonight, um, that'll be awesome. No, I, I don't. I don't. I'm, that's not. You know, the problem is people see me as a football player. I'm not a football player. That's something I did. That was a job I did. I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm, 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 I'm just like everybody else. I need people to see me as a man, a broken vessel. You know, I'm tore from the floor up, and I need them to understand that I, the things I deal with has nothing to do with football because football is my past. I have to defeat my future, and, and I got to be the change I want to see in others. And that's why I do these things. That's why I'm willing to go and tell people that, you know what, when I was younger, I thought about, I, I tried to commit suicide. I, I, I the, the pain, the, the, the shit I, that, that I experienced, um, it, you know, it was, it, 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 it wore me down. Um, and then I went in my closet. I went in my closet and I never came out. And I just, I just balled my fists up and just, hey, and chose to just fight everybody and never, never, never tell them what I was going through. What, have you thought about where you'd be without football? Mm, I don't. Um, I don't look backwards, man, because all the shit I did is back there, dog. Yeah. So if I turn around and look back there, it might hit me in the face. So I keep my feet moving forward. So I don't know. I don't look backwards. I'll, only thing I'll tell you is, is. I made it through. I got through, I, you know, just coming from Gladys, segregated town, and just um, not educated, not educated enough, but James Madison gave me an opportunity to play football. And my head coach made me accountable to get my college degree. And that was the hardest thing I ever did. That was the hardest thing I ever did. I gave James Madison my Hall of Fame bus because I want every damn kid to go through there to understand how hard it is and how precious it is to get an education. And I, I think that's one of those things that really helped me understand what I'm going through and what I've been through. And so I don't have to look backwards anymore. But today I have friends, I have, I have players that, that um, not too many 49er players. I think they still hate me, but uh, I got I got I got some uh, I got Cowboy players. I'm more more friends with guys that play now um, than I am with the guys I played with. And they're going to hear your message. You know that's going to hit them. Like you're saying, you're taking them to the counselor whenever you see someone acting up. Hey, they hear my, they hear me all the time. I, I'm 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 unchained. This is um this is uh, this is censored. 
Charles, they get uncensored. <laughs> are, are, are guys receptive when you pull them aside? When you talked about when you see something, you'll pull them aside and say something. For the most part, are they receptive to you when you confront them? Who cares? I don't care. Hey, hey, guess what? What do you want to do in life? What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? Do you want to go through life like I did? Do you want to go through like I did with all the pain? Or do you want to deal with it? Now, does, it, does trauma cause mental illness? I don't know. A lot of guys just going through trauma just don't know how to process that. But you know what? It's still pain. What's the difference? What's, what is the difference? I, I, you know what? If, if, you know, breaking my, you know, I, I popped my back a few times. That stuff, I could play every game like that. But every time I thought about me, it, it caused me to um, be emotional because I could not process. I couldn't understand why I thought like that, why I felt like that, no matter you know, well, well, kids, I don't remember my kids being born. I, I didn't have joy in nothing. And I just don't, you know, I don't even remember the damn Super Bowls I played. I have to look at reruns to try to figure out what happened. And, and I, 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 it's hard for me to try to process that because I don't understand it. Are you a fan of the sport or because of some of these things you see the league doing that you maybe don't find the most sincere is that? Hard for you, knowing what it can do to some guys. You say, am I a fan? Do I watch a game? No. And, and it's not it's, – the game is different, man. It's, it's a cupcake game. Um, and, and when I do watch a game, guys, um, I, I'm a chess match. I analyze everything. So I'm sitting there analyzing whether the guy's getting off with the right foot or they, they taking a false step. Um, you know, I, I just can't enjoy the damn game. So I don't watch it, you know. So, um, but it's not saying that it's not a good game, but I don't, I've never watched a whole game. Got a great message. Charles Haley has been our guest uh, here in studio. He's in Nashville with uh, well, I'm here. funrecovery.org. Charles is the uh, website. Look, what, what's the you website? You don't have to remember these talking points. You know why? Because the your message is so it's much right better. Funrecovery.org. Uh, it's the Hall of Fame Health Charity Dinner and Concert tonight in Nashville. I wonder, do we still have tickets or not? Uh, do we have tickets available? I don't think we do. Well, I think, hey, tell them scalp them. Get yeah. more. Get them, get more money. <laughs> you know what? You Got find two together. If you can find Charles uh, yeah, in Music yeah. City today, he will get you in to the dinner tonight. Uh, the Hall of Fame Health Charity Dinner and Concert with Fun Recovery with Hall of Fame Health. Uh, they are doing some great things as the nonprofit of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. FunRecovery.org for more information, not just on tonight's dinner, but uh, the efforts uh, throughout communities across the country on how you can get involved. Or if you need help, you can find help there. Well, you know it's more than just the NFL, right? Sure. Okay. You just make sure you need um, your fans to understand that part, Okay. Fund Recovery uh, already awarded over $1.1 million in grants to help over 580 people who could not afford or have access to mental uh, therapy, behavioral health, uh, otherwise would just be looking around, looking for answers, or not talking about it. Uh, again, the website, fundrecovery.org, for more info. Uh, great to meet you in person. 
Really I appreciate. Feel, I feel the like we've done something on like uh, Radio Row before, maybe at the Super Bowl or something. We yeah. might have had you before, but it's it's cool to have you here in this we setting here in Nashville. We, we had, had him on Radio bef- Row. We had him yeah. on Radio Row before yeah. uh, before he was got into the Hall of Fame, which was 2015, not 2020. Yeah, I, I mentioned outside that. Um, yeah, you brought uh, Radio Row. He goes, he goes, he goes, who who was 2020? I was like you, and he goes, no, 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 I wasn't 2020. Hey, and then I realized it was Atwater. You know, you know, you would have called the police and your eye would have been swollen up. And I'll say he'd been crying all night because he was going to talk to me today. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate the conversation. Hey, thank y'all stuff. guys. Charles Haley has been our guest. We're just getting started with uh, some guests here on site in town for the benefit tonight, the concert and dinner at 1230 Club. Uh, coming up, Steve Atwater will join us. Ryan Kane from uh, the Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame Health Initiative, and much, much more right here on Outkick 360. Hang with us. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Jesse James Decker will be performing tonight at the Hall of Fame Family Recovery Fund benefit and concert at 1230 Club, which is like a block and a half from where we sit, our daily studios at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, Glad you're with us for OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at OutKick 360. You can join chat in uh, Chad in the chat. I always get that backwards. It's it's tough. You can chat with Chad. It's more difficult uh, on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Pleased to have uh, in studio with us the new president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Jim Porter. Um, We are longtime visitors of the Hall. We've been to Canton several times. Paul, a Pro Football Hall of Fame selector. Absolutely. Um, Armando Salguero is a part of our network as well. Love having him on and chatting about the Hall. Glad you're in this position. Uh, Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. Thanks uh, for the kind words. Uh, You know, it's it's such a great honor to be president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm I'm not sure how I tripped into that one, but uh, I'm very thankful. And you're from Canton, or I am. So that's got to be incredible to be able to be from Canton and now the president of the hall. You know, I, I tell the story all the time that you know when kids were eight, nine, ten years old, and they were talking about counting down days till Christmas. I was counting down days till enshrinement. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, and back then, the, the enshrinement was on the steps of the hall, so it goes back uh, quite a quite, quite a ways. But it was uh, just something I always always felt was so important uh, and, and such a cool thing to be from Canton, Ohio. We, uh, Jonathan and I were, um, 
there for Kevin Y and uh, his party in the hall. One of the coolest things we probably was awesome. got to do was yeah. to walk through the hall with the busts when nobody else is really in there. Um, it's kind of eerie and cool at the same time. You do that uh, often, though. Yeah. You know what? I, I go in when I'm having a tough day. I go in there and it kind of calms me down. I also stop in every night before I leave just, just to walk through there. But it's, it's such an interesting room in that, you know, it, it's like church. People don't yell in there. They don't run around. Everybody's whispering. There's such a high reverence for that room. It's such a, it's such a cool, cool part of the hall. We're going to get to the partnerships with Fund Recovery and with uh, Hall of Fame Health in a moment. Um, but the one thing that I took away from the, the, the couple different things uh, from the different visits is you're constantly rotating out exhibits or you're putting things in that maybe have been in storage or wherever, where do you store everything? Because you're, you're like, if, if Derek Henry rushes for 200 yards in a game, they're shipping you his jersey and his cleats, or uh, if a 66-yard field goal is made, you're getting that football and cleats. Where does everything go as you're rotating in and out on exhibits? So we, we actually have an off-site, uh, a couple of different off-site uh, venues um, that, that we, keep, we store things in. You know, I, I would say... Crap, I, wish, I should probably know this, but I would say maybe 10% of our collection is, is out at, yeah, any, would, at any one time. Yeah. You know, we talk about having uh, uh, 6 million artifacts and 30 million photos and, you know, all, all the different stuff. So it, it's just huge numbers. And it, it, there's a certain qualification to get that gear, right? Like, I guess if a team thinks it's Hall of Fame worthy, it may not be Hall of Fame worthy. But you get that stuff quick we do. Uh, on all the gear and stuff that's game worn. Yeah, you know, we, we, we have a team uh, in, in our archives who works really hard uh, to, to secure some of the things that are happening. If, if a record is broken, broken or something like that, we want to make sure that that's part of the history that we preserve for the game. Do you have a favorite thing or do you come across something that you, uh, in, in that storage or, or become aware of something in the archive that you're like, whoa, that, that's something we got to get out there? So just the other day, I found out that we had a Vin, we have Vince Lombardi's desk. So we we need to get that out there. So uh, Joe Horrigan, who we who just came back to the hall and is helping us out, uh, is working on getting on getting that back out. But you know we have you know Paul Brown uh, invented the first heater for the sidelines. You know, and we ha we have that. <laughs> so you know, for me, I, I like to see that out there. But but there's just a ton of cool stuff. Is there a certain gatekeeper that decides what is worthy, or is it a team of people that come there together and say, "You're looking at him. This is this <laughs> is what's worthy," or is it one person? Is this uh, is this you know a dictatorship? <laughs> you know, you know, no. Actually, I ask everybody to do the job that we pay them for, right? So we we have a guy who is in charge of the archives, and then we have a guy who's in charge of the museum, uh, Salim Chowdhury and John Kendall, and they kind of work together. To, to figure out what goes out That's there. awesome. I don't know where uh, where the process is on that on this. Are there changes ahead in terms of the structure of who gets in besides the 15 modern era candidates who get trimmed to 10 and get trimmed to five? Yes. Um, is there is is there a change for shortcoming? No. Is there going to be a change that is asked of our board in April? Yes, April twenty first. Um, so, so that could alter the construct of seniors, contributors, and coaches. Absolutely. And and, and as you know, um, we had a, a Zoom call a couple months ago uh, with all selectors, and and we are so grateful for our selectors. And and you know when I, when I think about the selectors and the responsibility that's on their shoulders. Um, you know, we're, we're eternally grateful to them. 
you know, when uh, in people's mind they get it right, they get they get the accolades, and in people's mind when they get it wrong, they they don't get those same accolades. Uh, but it's really important for us to be a, uh, to maintain the legitimacy of the hall that that process is uh, is uh, uh, ran the exact way that we are running it, but giving a voice to the to the selectors to say, hey, have you looked at it this way? We haven't looked at it that way since they're the ones who's actually running the process. Jim Porter is the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, took over for David Baker. Was it in 2020? 2021. 2021. So you Recent. had the double class because of the because of COVID. Then you had the enshrinement uh, that you had the double class in 2021. It was still the class of 2020, but the enshrinement for everyone in back to back days, which was quite the undertaking there. Yeah. So David was uh, David left in October this past October. So he oversaw uh, both of those enshrinements and. Uh, Yes, you know, we put uh, 28 greats into the hall uh, that weekend. So it was, uh, uh, from a fan standpoint, an incredible, incredible yes. weekend. But, yes. but you're right, uh, a lot of work by a very dedicated staff and, uh, and a whole bunch of volunteers. Nothing gets kept secret anymore, and you've got 48 uh, mostly media members on the selection committee. Then you've got, uh, you're taking a Hall of Famer to knock on the door of the person wives are involved obviously in helping you set it up families know inevitably it trickles out that there are a decent number of people who knew who was getting in and who wasn't getting in and it didn't come out anywhere that that's quite an accomplishment how do, how do you think you pulled that off you know one, one selector sent a text that said uh i i have new faith in humanity um <laughs> but 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 you know the fact of the matter is, I think that the people who knew are, are very good people at, at heart. And they knew that if that message got out, they were probably going to ruin a lifetime memory for the Hall of Famer, for their family members, for the wives. You know, if you got a chance to see the knocks on the doors, uh, you know, all the families were involved in one way or another. And that's something that they're going to remember the rest of their lives. And if the, and if the secret gets out, you're, you're stealing that opportunity from them. So I think that that's probably a, a, a major point of hey, we got to keep this within the circle of, of, of the people who had to know to, to pull them off, but let's keep it inside that circle. Now you can use that yearly. Hey, last year it didn't come it out. It worked. If you guys blow it, you're <laughs> screwing it up forever. Well, and I think the cool uh, twist with the uh, the knock now is you're, you're taking that to the next level with a player, a current Hall of Famer. Maybe there's a connection to the organization, maybe not, but maybe a position. Uh, but you're using a player to do the knock instead of the president, which is really cool, especially for the fans that get to see that moment. You, you know, for me, uh, just getting the interest in the knock from what David Baker did is incredible, right? If David Baker hadn't have, have uh, grown that to the point of everybody was wondering who's, whose door he was going to knock on, we couldn't have taken the next step. So we, so we take the next step, and, you know, our, our mission at the Hall starts with honor the heroes of the game. So what better way than asking the Hall of Famers, which is a great honor to, to knock on the door of the future Hall of Famers. Do you envision the whole process going back to what it previously was with the Saturday meeting and Saturday late afternoon knocks at a hotel at the site of the Super Bowl? Or do you think NFL Honors is now a, a permanent event that happens earlier in Super Bowl week and, and everything will remain moved up as it is? So I, you know, the NFL decides about the honor show, but I think that they were very pleased with how it came out this year. And, and for me, I'd love to get the selectors in person, but I would like to do it in Canton uh, 10 days out or so. 
uh, and, and have, the, have the discussions in person, but then keep going down the path of, uh, of uh, the, the surprise knocks somewhere uh, outside of the Super Bowl city or the, or, or the hotel. I think it's hard on the, on the guys who don't get in uh, to not get the knock and to be sitting in a hotel and, and, and waiting for that and then it not coming is, t- is a tough situation. So uh, I think going and doing it in the hometowns is better. Jim Porter is the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is football's Disney World, uh, for lack of a better uh, way to put this, with all the fields that have been built, uh, the stadium renovations. By the way, the USFL will have their championship games played in Canton in July, July 4th weekend, uh, and we'll be there uh, for the championship weekend for the USFL, the inaugural season on Fox. Um, uh, but uh, other initiatives off the field, off, off, the, uh, off campus, are things like Hall of Fame health and the family uh, fund recovery and, and everything that goes along with initiatives that will be helped tonight here in Nashville. And I know you work hand-in-hand with, with Hall of Fame Health as the official nonprofit of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You, you know, for us, I'll go back to what I said a minute or two ago about honoring the heroes of the game and what better way to, to honor them than to help them through some of life's tough moments. And, you know, Hall of Fame Health um, uh, CEO Jer- Jeremy Hogue uh, came to us a couple of years ago and said, uh, what, what if we put this together where we can help Hall of Famers and not just Hall of Famers, but anybody who's played the game? And, you know, what, what a great tribute. And, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, honor the heroes of the game is the number one mission, but also protecting the legacy of the game. And, and uh, you know, everybody uh, who participated in the game, we have, a, we have a plaza downtown Canton that we built for the centennial, um, when I say we, the city of Canton, uh, $13 million plaza that honors the 25,474 players that played in the first 100 years. Um, you know, and so... Uh, given those guys' credits, the guys that were in the huddle um, and, and finding opportunities for them and helping them through the past, uh, through any life situations is, is, is really important and hits our mission pretty good. Yeah, fund recovery can help with uh, scholarships and grants for treatment or therapy. Um, and this goes and helps fill the gaps for former and current players uh, in providing a comprehensive solution for mental and behavioral health. Uh, for more information, fundrecovery.org is the website, and it's the official nonprofit of uh, Hall of Fame Health with the mission to uh, make treatment affordable to all. Uh, welcome to Nashville. Uh, anytime you're here, we hope that you'll swing by the studio and say hello and just continue the chat. We like talking history of the game. And look, if you're looking for a special place to store some stuff, if you run out of room, <laughs> we've got a backdrop here where we can put up a helmet or some cleats or whatever it might be. You have a truly mm. cool job. I know yes. you hear that you all know. the time, but the, really? also just that you've got the golden ticket. Right, the yeah. things you get to do for people with that, you know, acknowledging that they're going to be in the hall is really incredible to watch. So kudos to you. You know, it, it is. It, uh, you know, when David Baker retired, he said it's time for somebody else to have the best job uh, in the world. And so I'm very honored to have that. You know, you, you, you invited me back to Nashville and, and you know, I, I will come back uh, and I'll come back uh, for a lot of reasons. But one of them is because of Ryan Kane and the, and the work that he's doing. This is incredibly important stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, no, no matter how, how much uh, you know, you look at you look at football players, and you say, "Oh my gosh, they have the life, and wouldn't we want that life?" Well, life happens to everybody, right? And life instances happen to everybody, and to be there to support when that happens is so important. And, and I applaud uh, Ryan for the work that that, that him and uh, his brother Wes are doing. It's really, really important. Uh, 
We could also sit at the desk of Lombardi. Well, next time we're there, guys, this, oh, this summer. We're, we're, we're putting in, hopefully, I don't know if it'll maybe be done. Maybe it's a little chilly. We'll get in that Paul Brown seat here. Uh, maybe. Well, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it'll be done, but I'm hoping maybe the next time that you come in town, uh, we're actually putting in a broadcast booth inside the museum, and, 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 you, and you can uh, broadcast from there. Wow, that that is awesome. awesome. Yeah. We, we will we'll take that for Put a spin. Put that on the bucket list. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. Thank you. Uh, because we, I think, well, you'll have room for one, right? One show? No, I would. At the broadcast studio? I would think we would have room. I oh, mean, anybody. It, yeah. Oh, so we don't have to go to the, well, I say we don't have to. The William McKinley High School was our host uh, for the last time we were there. Oh, so induction oh. weekend. He's right. Have yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Way gotcha. more than he can handle. Well, it's, it's we'll three come. studios, so we'll, we'll, we'll okay. fit them in. All right. We're reserved. There you go. We're reserved. Got a, we got a funny story about doing a show uh, in the cafeteria of William <laughs> McKinley High School or wherever we were at the point. <laughs> And uh, getting, bar- get, getting get, barked at by people trying to... Our idiot to, engineer set us up in the middle of the media room. Yeah, we, we go into the media room where people are working, and we know it's a silent room. Hey, everyone's probably on deadline, writing up their little stories in this room. And we know it's about to get real uncomfortable because we're going to be very loud <laughs> when the show starts. So we're setting up all of our little radio equipment, we're getting ready to go. Him, Don't do it anymore. Like, you know, this is going to be... This said, is no, not the only be place we can do it, and we open up that show. And Hutton, with those pipes, just bellows out the open. And we have a guy yelling at us, quiet down. Get out of here. Be quiet. And we're, set, we're on air. I'm looking right at him. He's in my face yelling at us doing the show. I'm like, there's nothing we can do. This is where we're doing the show. And that we finally convinced our engineer at the time, okay, now we're well, going to move our setup. Second After, segment. And after the, the first segment, we told him for an hour and a half, I'm so, we can't be in here. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought this up because this is one of those stories that you had to retell for me to trigger the memory. It was uh, uh, RIP John Clayton. It was John Clayton who, while we're on air, took up for us and said, guys, they, this is where they were told to set up. You remember this? Yeah. <laughs> because John was going to be a guest on N- our... Nicest guy in the world. Yeah, he was going to be a, a, a guest with us in the following segment and was taking up for us. And we, I mean, I could not wait to go to break. Oh, I could still enough, see the so guy's face. Like, I remember it well because I was on the side with a guy. He was right next to me yelling at me. And I'm trying to on air... <laughs> You know, give some sign language of not the middle finger, which I wanted to, but there's nothing we can do. I'm kind of pointing over to the guys. I look like a European soccer player that got a card. You know, I'm going over with my arms. There's nothing else we can do. There's nowhere to go. Highly uncomfortable. Yeah, it was well, bad. I, I can tell you that when we had everything some... else was great though. <laughs> well, no, I, but I want to say I, your Hall of Fame, sir, is lovely. Also, well, no, I, that, that part was a little odd. I, I appreciate that. I can tell you that when the experts came out and we started talking about the uh, studios. Uh, both experts that have come out and talked to us, the first thing they say is, you understand the importance of soundproof rooms, right? So we'll, we'll make sure we get you in one of those. Perfect. Awesome. We'll put that to test for yeah. you, if you don't mind. Uh, Jim Porter has been our guest. Uh, first time on the show, first of many, we hope. Uh, president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. See you tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you so you. much. Hey, Thanks. Stay tuned. Uh, Dr. Jerome Adams, former Surgeon General of the United States, live in studio with us next to Now Kick 360. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's going to be a fun night in Music City tonight. The Hall of Fame Recovery Fund uh, is in town to raise some money and awareness with a benefit concert and program tonight at 1230 Club. 
I don't know if Justin Timberlake will be there or not, Chad, but, you know, who knows? It's his place. I so. mean, you know, we were at Dan Marley's restaurant at Phoenix, and he showed up, so right. why not JT? Why not? At 1230 Club. Why not? I think he should be there. Dr. Jerome Adams will be there. He's the former United States Surgeon General, uh, friend of the show. We say that because he was nice enough to join us on Radio Row in Los Angeles at the Super Bowl, and now he joins us right off of Broadway here in Nashville. Good to have you in Nashville. Welcome. Great, great to be back with you all again, and I don't know if I'm as big of a draw as JT, but I can sing a few <laughs> JT songs, and I can dance like JT. All right, we'll find, oh, we'll find out. Uh, be vid- you're daring people to take video time. <laughs> Um, was it nerve-wracking being on national TV on a daily basis during COVID? Because you're in the background of every press conference that went on in Washington. Well, what, what people don't realize is that you, most of the time you're speaking to a camera. And so I would always just imagine who I wanted to be talking to. And uh, I tell people more often than not, um, I imagined I was talking to my mother because I knew if I said something wrong, she was going to call me up immediately afterwards and let me have it. And so people would always, it's interesting, people would talk about me versus Tony Fauci. And Tony's a good friend. And so Tony would, uh, Tony's very professorial. Uh, he speaks in a way that, that, that you know immediately that he's been doing this for 40, 50 years and he's uh, the smartest guy you're ever going to meet in your life. Me, I spoke to people like I was spoken to my grandmother at the dinner table or to my mother uh, because if she couldn't understand it, um, again, I was getting a call, I was getting a smack over the phone afterwards. I, I would be terrified of becoming a meme, like sneezing or trying to catch a sneeze, uh, my nose itching, whatever it might be. Well, one and of the more stressful things is actually when you're behind the president and the vice president on yeah. TV. Uh, the State of the Union, you know, when they're looking at who, whether you stand up, whether you sit down, whether you're clapping or not at the wrong times, you're behind the president of the United States and you usually have to come out a good hour uh 45 minutes to an hour before they come out. So you're standing on stage the whole time, and then the president comes out, and then the cameras are on you, and you got a nose itch. And if you scratch your nose, remember that meme of Tony like rubbing his face? Yes, yes. Tony will tell you, my, my face was just itching. That, that, wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't me trying to make a point. That was my face itching. Or if you look like you're grimacing at the wrong point, it becomes a national story. But my meme was uh, uh, about, uh, about two years ago to the day when COVID was getting really bad, and, uh, and I had to tell people, look, we can't do elective surgeries anymore because there are people who can't get PPE to take care of their own uh, patients who have COVID. And uh, anesthesiologist, I'm an anesthesiologist, I still practice, I was in the operating room just a few days ago. Um, one of the things that people always say is that we love to cancel cases because, uh, the, you know, the joke is that, that we, we don't want to work. They say, uh, uh, what's the biggest source of accidents? It's the radiologist and the anesthesiologist running into each other as they're trying to get out of the hospital <laughs> at 3 o'clock. And so anyway, there's a meme of me, Jerome Adams, uh, first, first anesthesiologist, surgeon general, cancels all, all surgeries in America. And so that was the meme for me. But you'd watch SNL and you'd pray that you uh, don't end up on <laughs> SNL. So I, I, I got out of there okay. You, Dr. You Jerome really, Adams, our guest. You really hit on something, though, how difficult it must be because you're very good at speaking and presenting and doing all this when you're on camera and talking, but mastering the reaction shot and standing behind someone and being at attention and acting engaged and listening for what could be hours at times to someone has to be really, really He's difficult. He's a general, Chad. Well, yeah. a general. That's, that's well, and, and, and honestly, it's an interesting point you bring because when you're in uniform, you have to stand at attention. Yeah. So you, there are cer- there's certain protocol even to just standing. And people notice not only if you react, they notice if you don't react. Well, 
the president said something and you didn't applaud when everyone else was applauding, you get in trouble. Or you did not exactly. at the right time with whatever was being said. So, so yeah, it, 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 that, that can be stressful, but mostly you're just hoping you don't collapse. Did you, you know, realize when you were named Surgeon General that you would have to buy your uniform? I did not realize that, and neither did my wife, and she was none too happy. People don't realize <laughs> that, uh, uh, yes, I had to buy my own uniform. I got a $200 uniform allowance. My uniforms cost about $4,000. <laughs> and so uh, I get the job, and uh, we took, took a huge pay cut in order to actually take the job relative to my anesthesia salary. So my wife already wasn't happy about that. Then we had to move to Washington, D.C., more expensive than Indianapolis. Wife wasn't happy about that. Then she got the credit card bill and said, what the heck did you spend $4,000 on? My uniforms, honey. Well, don't they pay for that? Well, they give me $200. Well, that's not how much uh, this was. $4,000. Yes. That uniform. Wow. Indeed. Look good. Tell yeah. us, uh, your, your, give us your thoughts on, on Hall of Fame Health and uh, the recovery fund that's uh, putting on the event tonight and the partnership they have with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, I got to tell you, this is one of the partnerships uh, that, that I'm most happy to be involved with because I come from an athletic family, even though I'm the runt of the litter. So I had a brother who played college ball, I come from a baseball family. All my uncles used to play baseball. And if you want a painful childhood, um, have six uncles who all play, uh, play baseball. And uh, I ended up being forced to play on men's league baseball when I was uh, in eighth grade because they needed enough people for the family team. Mm -hmm. And you're out there, and every little error you make, you've got all of your uncles, six uncles screaming at you, yelling at you, what's wrong with you? But uh, uh, sports has always been a big part of, of me and, and I'm, you know, what I get excited about. One of my uh, biggest tweets as Surgeon General of the United States, true story, was the NCAA tournament when UMBC beat Virginia, the first 16 seed on the men's yeah. side to ever beat the number one seed. And I went to UMBC. So I posted a, a tweet of me um, when I was Surgeon General that said, who has uh, two thumbs and an unbusted bracket, pointing at myself. This guy. And that tweet went viral, and it was one of the biggest tweets of me being Surgeon General. So we were out in Cleveland, visiting Cleveland Clinic, and I had about an hour free, and I said, let's go by the Hall of Fame. So I go by the Hall of Fame. I'm in full uniform. David Baker recognizes me and says, hey, let me take you on a tour. So he um, takes me on a tour of the hall, and he says, um, uh, hey, Doc, I want you to come back when we have uh, the induction coming up. And so he invited me back. And so that's how the relationship with the Hall started. Dr. Jerome Adams has been our guest in Nashville. Uh, you can check him out tonight uh, along with a great party on hand at 1230 Club with a great benefit for the Hall of Fame Health Charity Dinner and Concert. Great to see you. Thanks we so have much. Steve Atwater next. Fun.